It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 487 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is October 10th. 2023 another day where the Padres obviously are not going to be playing postseason baseball because they never made the postseason Uh, but I did want to start off doing my season reviews for the players you know take this this month or so where the postseason is going to be continuing and just go through players on the roster I don't know how I'm going to set this like which players I'm going to do obviously I'm going to be doing the main players but I think I'll be doing the players that were on the roster to end the season and then maybe doing some other players that were on the IL, obviously like big players that were on the IL, uh, before we really get going into the off season, once the world series ends and there's actually going to be like rumors and stuff to be talking about. So still like reflecting on this season, what needs to improve with some of these players, their future. Am I confident? Should we be confident in some of these guys bouncing back in 2024? Are they going to even be here in 2024? Um, So as we get going in these season reviews, that's kind of what we're looking at here. Uh, It's not going to be like a one player a day season review type thing where my one player one day is going to be Jose Azokar. I'm not going to do that for the main guys like 
Manny and Soto and Bogarts and Darvish probably, guys like that, I'll I'll have it be one player for that day. Uh, but for like the smaller guys, I'll probably, some of the bullpen guys, I'll probably combine, like have one day be like three or four guys or two guys, you know, stuff like that. So like we could get through these instead of it just being, yeah, let's review uh, Jose Espada, you know, his 2023 season when much, most of it was in the minor leagues, right? But for the main guys, the ones that I think fans care about most, I'll stick it to, I'll stick with one player. And as always, if you have just random Padres questions that you want to ask in the chat, if you're here live, feel free to do so. You could do that in the comments on YouTube as well. And I'll try to get back to you there. Maybe an idea. You'll have a good idea on a possible uh, show uh, or episode idea, you know, for this off season. Um, but yeah, let's get started with Manny. I wanted to start off with a bang. And obviously Manny Machado is one of the faces of, of this franchise. I think he is a good one to uh, start off with. So looking at 2023, obviously a disappointing season. I think he would tell you it was a disappointing season coming off of 2022. I mean, this guy, I think he should have won the national league MVP. No doubt about it. In my mind, I'm not saying Paul Goldschmidt wasn't a good player, but he should have won the MVP when it's most valuable player. I think a lot of people vote on best player, but most valuable player. I mean, the Cardinals in 2022, they had two of the top three guys were on the Cardinals in the MVP voting. So, like, who's the most valuable, really? If you have two top three MVP guys on that same team, Goldie had a top three MVP teammate, Nolan, who's the real MVP guy, right? Uh, but that's 2022. But it goes into 2023 and why this season was, was a disappointment for Manny because of what he did in 2022. It's like, man, if he can do that again or be sort of like that again in 2023, and this is when we're envisioning like the the big four, right, with Manny Bogart, Soto, and Tatis. Like, oh, they're getting Bogarts. They're getting Tatis. Oh, my goodness. Kim might only get better. I don't think we're expecting this type of year from Ha-Sung Kim, but it's like, all right, this is why we were thinking, oh, maybe World Series. But that didn't happen. He got hurt, got hit in the hand uh, in that Kansas City series. He was dealing with the tennis elbow a lot this season. So I don't want to make it seem like he was fully healthy the entire year and just sucked. Not saying that. He still brought it defensively. And I appreciate at the end of the year when I think a lot of people would have easily just hung him up and been like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go get surgery. We're out of it. He wanted to like lead by example right, by continuing to play and be like, hey, we're not mathematically eliminated yet here, so as long as we're not mathematically eliminated, I'm going to continue to play here. And so I, I can't respect that. Now, again, I as I made my thoughts known then, they still have that same thought, obviously. They didn't make the postseason. Um, I don't think he should have played through it. Like, I thought the season was over. Go get the surgery. Why are you playing through this tennis elbow when – you can't even play three days in a row with it. You're playing a couple days and then getting an off day. And in those games that you are playing, you're only DHing. It's not like you're going out there and playing the field and throwing the ball a bunch. You know, so it was clearly really bad for him. And he continued to play when this Padres season was going nowhere. Um, but that's how he leads is he posts. 
his job is to go out there and play baseball. And he is taking that literally. That like that's just how it's just how he goes about his business. So I shouldn't I shouldn't act like shocked that he didn't go get the surgery or anything like that. But even before we knew about the tennis elbow and just right from the get go at the beginning of the season, I mean, Manny, he was not 2022 Manny Machado. I mean, batting average is not everything, but I, if you maybe some people take more stock into OPS. If we go to OPS, April and March, 671. In May, it was 615. 12 games only because he got hurt, but still bad. Bad in June, 713. Really good in July, over 1,000. But then August, back to 674. And then September, 19 games, which isn't a full month of play, 891 OPS, which is good. But that's the problem. Like You look at his OPS for these six months here, Four out of the six were unacceptable in Manny Machado's standards. Like the standards that we have, the expectation, the expectation that he should have for himself was unacceptable. And two of the months was good. One was excellent. What needs to happen next year is that needs to flip, at least. Maybe you're going to have a bad month. You're going to be in a slump. Okay, you'll have a bad couple months. But four out of the six need to be good great OPS months, not two out of the six. Like, that was a problem. And that was a problem with a lot of these guys this year, obviously. It was just not consistent enough. Like, you saw the good moments, the great moments from these guys. Um, there was the the moment, it was in September, right, where Manny had, L, had the LFGSD moment with Pomerantz and Sweeney postgame after, I think, hitting two home runs in that game. Like, it was amazing. And you know, man, he's hurt and he's doing this. But it was just, he didn't, he had moments instead of having a, a dominant season like he had in 2022. Um, so yeah, it was disappointing. Um, and to be fair, obviously there was injuries for him, but he needs to be better. And a lot of guys need to be better next year. This isn't just a Manny thing. Obviously, let's, we, let's touch on it now. I mean, as I've said before, as I touched on before, when it came out about the, the Kevin AC article about the clubhouse culture and Manny sat there with Kevin for a half an hour talking through things. And Kevin made it known that this article was going to come out and Manny said some concerning things in there. Like he wasn't a huge believer um, in the importance of team culture. What is this college baseball, high school, um, you know, admitting we didn't want it bad enough compared to other teams like the Mariners. Like, that's unacceptable. That should not be coming out of your mouth, Manny. And I like the honesty, but I'm saying, like, it shouldn't come out of your mouth because that should have never been a thought in that clubhouse. You should never have been like, oh, man, yeah, they want it more than us. And once you thought that, immediately that switch needs to flip and be like, that can't happen again. But it seemed like this past season... It kept happening, kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. And that was an issue, for sure. Um, and the way that, you know, we're, we're, we're going off of, we're going away from his performance on the field when we talk about, like, how he dealt with the media and all that. But, yeah, I, I think we could all agree, like, he could deal with the media a little bit better. I know that he, it seems like, at least publicly, he is a moody guy. Like when he is feeling good and he's doing well, 
treats the media fine. But when he's not in a good mood, seems like he takes it out on the media. And then at the end of the year, the last media scrum that he had at Petco Park, he's like blaming the media for expectations placed on the team. When he himself was up there on that stage at FanFest talking about how great it's going to be when we win the World Series and there's going to be the parade. I think he said something like, Matt, just wait for what I'm going to do this year. Well, what'd you do this year? You were a disappointing player in 2023. That's what you were this year, Manny. And I love watching Manny Machado on the field. Um, great talent. I love that Manny Machado's on this baseball team. I'd love to have Bryce Harper, but that's another topic. Um, but I, I love having Manny Machado be a San Diego Padre. It's great. But I just think he, and look, in fairness to him, he took accountability to the media. Like we, we let the city down. We let Peter Seidler down. We let these fans down. We let ourselves down. Like he did say that. So I like that. But then instead of just stopping there, then he does stuff like, you know, the expectations that you guys put on us, you know, talking about the media. And it's like, come on, dude. You're the one that was talking about a World Series fan fest. You were the one that was in the NLCS last year. You were the one that in spring training, you like halted everything in spring training because you wanted to get your money and you got your money. I'm not saying he got his money and stopped trying. Please don't make it seem like I'm saying that I'm not. But some fans will look at that or just maybe not fans, but Manny Machado haters around baseball will look at it and be like, oh, mm. so he he's demanded his money in spring training from the owner. The front office wasn't as willing as Peter Seidler was to go give Manny Machado $350 million. They were more willing to let things play out. Yeah, we'll let it play out. Let's see what happens. But he got his money. He got his way. And then he goes out. And if you're comparing 2023 to 2022, he had a crap year. Now, he still finished with an OPS plus above 100. OPS, when you look at it overall, I mean, it's not terrible. It's still 782. It's not 600. He still hit 30 home runs, which he's, he's doing pretty much every season in the last, like, eight years almost. Um, but you compare that to 2023 and it's not close. I mean, his OPS plus in 2022 was 157, 115 this year, no all-star game. His OPS last year, 898, 782 this year, slugging percentage last year, 531, 462 this year, 366 on base percentage last year, 319 this year, 298 batting average last year, 258 this year. 102 RBIs last year, 91 this year, less games played this year, and he only had two fewer home runs this year compared to last year, and he played in, I think, 12 fewer games this year. Uh, but the numbers were down this season. Average on base percentage, everything was down. This was his worst year. If you want to look at OPS plus-wise, this was his worst year since 2019, his first year with the Padres. 2020, short season, 160 OPS plus. 131 in 2021, even with the collapse. 157 last year, 115 this year. 
So, yeah, the, it, it was a disappointing season for Manny. I, I don't think that he... I don't think he changed a whole lot with his off-season programming. Nick Soto, his trainer, he came on the show this past off-season. I believe he came on the show uh, the off-season before the MVP season, MVP caliber season in 2022. I keep saying MVP season because he, he was my MVP in 2022. Like, I just view it as he won the MVP, um, even though Goldie did. Um, and I don't think they changed a whole lot in the offseason. I mean, it worked in 2022, and he takes care of his body. I feel like there's some people on social media that don't think Manny takes care of his body. They see, like, the shirtless picks celebrating after beating the Dodgers in the NLCS and, you know, all that. But, like, no, I, I think Manny takes care of his body pretty darn well. And he works his, when he's hurt, he works his butt off rehabbing and being ready getting his body ready to go out there and play a baseball game. Because at the end of the day, that's what he's going to say his job is to do. Go out there and be in the lineup every day. That's my job. And if that's all you're saying your job is, I mean, he does it. For the most part, he does it. He he posts, as baseball players will say. He posts. And he is there. Uh, but next year has to be better. I mean, that's really the point of this episode here. And by the way, these player review, season review episodes, they're not going to be an hour long or anything like that unless like news comes down that there's more to talk about. But just to come on every day and give some thoughts, you know, still reflecting on this 2023 season, it needs to be better. And you could say that about a lot of guys uh, from this 2023 season. But Manny, he is the face of the team, right? Who is the face? Is it Manny? Would you say it's Tatis? Would you say it's Soto? I mean, Manny is probably the first guy that I think a lot of people think about. Because he was here in 2019, got the big contract there, got the big contract, this extension here, was great in 2022, uh, going all the way to the NLCS, knocking off the Dodgers, his former team, all that. Everyone knows who Manny Machado is. I'm not saying people don't know who Juan Soto or Tatis or Bogarts is. Bogarts just got here. Manny's the vet, viewed as like the clubhouse leader. Um, I think it's still Manny, like Manny's team. Now, in terms of like who should be the leader of the team, like clubhouse wise and all that, I would probably point towards Joe Musgrove, Sandra Bogarts, probably a little bit more than Manny. I know he just got here, but in terms of like winning World Series and just talking to the media, Probably Bogarts does a little bit better of a job at that. I think Tatis did a tremendous job with the media this year, by the way. So, but but I think I think the clubhouse views Manny as the guy, and I think a lot of people in baseball view Manny as the guy with the San Diego Padres team. So, you're you're the face of it, Manny, and you got to be better in 2024. Got to be better, no doubt about that. So again, just to recap his numbers this year: three and a half F WAR. And his war, his B war, which it's a little bit different. Don't ask me how it's different. I, I don't really know. But there's fan graphs war. There's baseball reference war. Baseball reference war or B war, usually that war is lower than F war. So it's not as generous, I guess. His B war was 2.9 this year. Last year, it was 6.8. And yes, he played in 12 more games last year. Then this year, 
but that's a huge gap. 6.8 in 22, 2.9 here in 23. You go back to 21, 5 war. So, like, he took a big step back in terms of value given to this Padres team. War is not everything. F war, B war, whatever you want to use, it's not everything. There's value that he can give in other places, but 2.9 war. And if you go to Padres players, where he stood, I think he was like fifth maybe on the team. I posted this on Twitter the other day. I think he was fourth or fifth. Let me double check here. 2023 Padres. No, he was sixth. Snell was first at six war. Kim is 5.8. Soto, 5.6. Tatis, 5.5. Bogarts, 4.4. And then there's a big drop-off. Manny at 2.9. Gary Sanchez at 2.5, who was DFA'd by the Mets, and he was pretty close in war with Manny this year. Michael Walker, 2.4. Hayter, 2.4. Grisham, 2. Musgrove, 1.9. Lugo, 1.8. That's the top 12 for baseball reference war for the Padres this year. Like, big drop-off for Manny. The defense, it was there. Um, let me take a peek at his baseball reference. Not baseball reference. Baseball savant numbers here real quick. Just waiting for it to load here. As we're waiting for it to load, I mean, Dodgers. Woo. Down 2-0 to the D-backs. Dodgers in trouble. All right, here we go. Baseball savant. I was just stalling so that could load. Okay. So you look at his baseball savant in 2023, and there's not a ton of red. You look at the fielding, outs above average, 97th percentile. Great. Fielding run value. Don't really know what that is, but it's great. 91st percentile. Really good. But batting run value here. Don't ask me a ton with that, uh, really about what that is. I'm not really sure, but batting run value, 53rd percentile. So a little bit above average. Um, but his batting, there is no stat here on Baseball Savant on batting that is in the dark red. That is like great. Because he didn't have a great year. He didn't have probably a good year for Manny Machado standards. Like it was a down season, no doubt about that. So definitely needs to be better. And if you compare this to 2023, or excuse me, 2023, you compare it to 2022, and you go to his batting, almost everything is red. Fielding is red. Uh, batting run value, the number that I said in 2023 was a little bit above average, 53rd percentile. 2022, it was 98th percentile. 98, great. Only 2% of people were better than Manny Machado. I think that's what that means. Last year. So he was amazing. And then he became a, a barely above average player in 2023. That can't happen next year. Got World Series aspirations. That can't happen. And we'll see. Obviously, health is a big thing. Like We'll see. Is he going to be ready right out of the get-go to be playing third base? for the Korea series to kick off the season because remember the Padres season starts March 20th I think and 21st two games there against the uh, yeah against the Dodgers in Korea then they come back 
get acclimated back to to the time and all that in the United States. And I believe they've got their home opener. I want to say they play the Giants. Is he going to be ready for the beginning of next year full go? I'm not so sure about that. I think he, the recovery was like four to six months is what the Padres said when Manny got that surgery recently here after the season ended. So we'll see. But he will be DHing at least. That's that's what I'm thinking here. He'll at least be DHing. And then maybe what's the worst case scenario with Manny? Like a month in, he's at third base? Is that how long we'd have to wait into this season? If that's the case, I don't think that's the end of the world. Like the Manny is great defensively. Love watching him play. I want him to play third base, obviously. You'd rather have him out there than not. But I want this guy to get fully healthy. So if he has to DH for the first month, first couple weeks, whatever it is, totally fine with that. What matters the most is having Manny in the lineup. Because even with a down year this year, he still hit 30 home runs. Like the, the potential is still there. And when pitchers see Manny Machado up, up at the plate, you still know, man, that, that's a bad man right there. That's Manny Machado up at the plate. Right? That's not Eggy Rosario. All, no, all, all, with all due respect to Eggy Rosario, we all know he's not Manny Machado, right? Um, and Eggy Rosario, he may, I mean, I, I was impressed by what I saw from Eggy. Same thing with Matthew Batten. And I'll review their seasons here in a little, you know, down the line here later this month, probably. Uh, but they're not Manny Machado. Manny is always going to be that threat uh, in his prime. No doubt about that. So as long as he's in the lineup to start the year, that's all I care about. That's all I care about, really. And we'll see when he can take the field. But it, I'm not super worried about his health. Um, it, it just feels it's a question mark, but it just feels like it's, everything's going to be fine. And hopefully this is like a Tatis thing where he got the surgeries and look at that. No shoulder subluxations. He was healthy, played pretty much every day. Was he sore? Was he tired at the end of the year? Yeah, and Manny might be like that at the end of next season. And maybe we'll have to wait till 2025 for Manny to be back to being like, you know, MVP caliber Manny Machado. But as long as he is better than he was this past season, maybe not a little bit better, but if he's better, like significantly better, I'm not saying he has to be an MVP candidate. We can leave that to like Juan Soto and maybe Tatis next year. But as long as he can be like a deserving of an all-star appearance, right? If he is that, I will sign up for that, knowing that he had the surgery in the offseason. And then maybe 2025, he gets back to being MVP Manny Machado. Then I think we can we can take that. I think. Maybe that maybe we should have higher expectations for Manny next year than what I just set right there. But I do realize that he is coming back from a surgery. I've never had a big surgery before, so and I'm not a big, I'm not a professional baseball player, so I, I don't I can't relate there. All right, I'm gonna get to some people in the chat here. Thank you all for being here after this break. Check out Gaglione Bros famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. Let me know, anyone here live on YouTube, let me know if you have any more questions or comments or anything that I missed about Manny Machado's season this year um, that you wanted me to hit on. I will definitely hit on those. 
Um, Devin says, Manny had one of the more disappointing seasons ever, going from the face of the franchise to a villain-type persona. His injuries also contributed in a way that we should be precautious going up. Going up or going forward? Is that what you mean? Very, very disappointing for Manny to not follow up from his MVP-type season a year ago. He needs to do better as both a player and a leader. Yes. I will. I totally back you up on that. Manny needs to be better. And if the oh players don't think that they can hold Manny Machado accountable thing, if that's like accurate, then that's a problem as well. I think they need to do the little things right. Now, Manny, he plays every day for the most part, so I understand if he's not going to go out there and take early fielding practice every day. I'm not saying he has to do that. But when you see some other teams doing the little things and they're winning 100 games a season, maybe not the best postseason success, like the uh, that team up north, but um, they're doing the little things and they're winning 100 games and they're winning the division every year. Why is that? I'm not saying it's only because they're doing the little things, but no one views themselves as higher than the team. Anyone can hold someone else accountable in that clubhouse or those own pe- those own players hold themselves accountable in the clubhouse. Um, they play with urgency from almost the get-go instead of waiting around. Don't jump on the bandwagon when we start effing raking and doing what we're supposed to be doing. When the, the fan base was behind you, we were just pissed off and irritated because we had all these expectations. You had all these expectations going into the season. And you're not playing up to them. Nowhere near them. And it's disappointing. And the offense isn't, it's not working. Every game matters. And I tried to go with, it's early, they'll turn it around. And obviously they didn't. Because they, part of the reason, because they didn't have enough urgency. So I agree. Yep, totally agree, Devin. Uh, Chris says, he'll always be a villain in my eyes. Or, or he's always been a a villain in my eyes. Um, I think to ma- to fans around Major League Baseball that don't have Manny Machado on their team, yes. Ever since probably what the him sliding into Dustin Pedroia, and that like kind of wrecked PD's career a little bit. Um, because I think he never Pedroia never like bounced back from that, right? Yeah, ever since then. I think he kind of was viewed as a a villain and the Red Sox have a huge fan base and the word probably kept getting spread around and he didn't, he didn't do himself any favors, you know, with the Dodgers there in that postseason run where he stepped on Jesus Aguilar and then told Ken Rosenthal something like, I'm not Johnny Hustle, like admitting that, like, I'm not going to be that. That's not who I am. Um, And I think people, you know, still take that out of context. Like, well, this guy doesn't hustle. He admitted it. He doesn't want it. When what I think he was just saying was, I'm not someone that's going to, you know, I wash. I'm not going to fake hustle down the line or I'm going to sprint down the line on a ground ball if I don't need to. Like the season is a long season. I want to be there every day. I want to be there at the end. So I'm not going to go hurt myself when I'm going to be thrown out. When there's a 90% shot, 99% shot that, I want to be thrown out because it's a routine ground ball. I, I want to be there at the end of the year. I don't want to be hurt like some guys have gotten hurt because they hustle on every play. You know, uh, Tatis, you know, 2019, that was kind of uh, 
kind of a fluky thing, like the hamstring in D.C. at second base, right? I think that's what it, he was stretching for a force out, right? But like little things, like I'm not going to, that's just not who I am because I'm going to play it smart. I want to be here the entire year because my job is to go out there and play baseball and be in the lineup every day. That's what he was getting at, but obviously people, they're going to take it out of context and all that. He, he hasn't done himself favors. That I will, I will say that. But I think Padres fans, especially after 2022, maybe it was like it was way up here, the love, and now maybe it's a little bit less because of what happened this year. But I think a lot of Padre fans still love Manny Machado. Um, and it's kind of like a family thing. Like, yeah, I was pissed off at some of the things that happened this year, some of the things that came out, some of the things that he said. But I'm still happy, really happy that Manny Machado is going to be a Padre for the next decade. Some aren't. But I, I guess we just have to agree to disagree with that. Yariel says the face of the team is Snell or Darvish. Well, how can Snell be the face when he's not going to be on the team next year? I don't see that. And Darvish, I mean, he's he's one of the names that gets brought up, but face over Tatis, who was on MLB The Show, uh, who is top like what top five in jersey sales this year, even after the PED suspension. Uh, Darvish in Japan, sure, but. In terms of like, I guess America here, Tatis. I would put Tatis ahead. I would put Manny ahead. Um, Bogarts or Darvish, probably Bogarts. Soto over Darvish, although Soto, I mean, I don't know how many Padres fans think that he's going to be here long term. So, Soto, I'd probably put, you know, fourth among the big four there. I think people think of Musgrove before Darvish on the team. Maybe that's just San Diegans and just me being biased from San Diego here. Um, and just knowing what a lot of Padres fans are saying on social media and interactions at Petco and all that. Um, but I think people would go with, with Musgrove over Darvish and Musgrove over Snell. I think Padre fans think of Snell as like this, this obviously great human being and the Don and Mud interviews and it's hilarious and all that and Cy Young and but face of the team I think it's an everyday player over someone who's not going to be here next year and then Darvish I, I mean he's he's one of the the faces he's one of the guys that you think about but I don't think he's the face of the team definitely I would have multiple guys ahead of Darvish Irie took a Oh, she says, uh, I took a picture with Hater at Walmart last week. I guess it's true millionaires do still shop at Walmart. Yeah. I guess so. They got to get they got to get their stuff somehow, right? Maybe they don't want to go to Amazon. I guess I'm kind of surprised Hater's still in San Diego in the offseason. I thought he would just go, go home wherever he goes and only comes back to San Diego when when uh Whatever team he signs with comes into town. It did seem like his family like really liked it here, but just payroll wise, um, <laughs> also what he did to himself a little bit. I think he's not coming back. It's just not going to happen. At a hundred million dollars, not going to happen. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's see here. Devin asked, do you think Manny's brother-in-law, Yonder Alonso's comments about Kevin A.C. was unnecessary? Of course, yeah. You don't need to call Kevin A.C. a bum. And when you're saying that, to me, that makes it seem like you're just in total defense mode, Yonder, of your brother-in-law which I understand, but it's like, okay, if if you thought it was inaccurate or you knew it was inaccurate, wouldn't Manny just come out and say it was inaccurate? Um, I think, yeah, calling him a bum, yeah, of course, that like went over the line, of course. That just felt like it was like really in defense mode. And when you get really in defense mode like that, to me, that makes it seem like that gives me more reason to believe Kevin. Like, oh, no, the stuff that he's saying is correct. No, because why would Yonder be getting so personal with Kevin Acey? Yeah, so, yeah, of course it was over the line, I think. You could say, I disagree with this. This isn't like Will Myers did. This isn't the guy that I knew. This is, or Yonder can say, this isn't the guy that I know. As being the brother-in-law of Manny, this isn't the guy that I know. Um, but Yonder's not in that clubhouse every day. He's around the team because I do see him sitting with Yaine sometimes whenever he's in San Diego, you know, right behind the plate by the Padre dugout. Um, I'm sure he's talking with the players and maybe he's been in the clubhouse and goes in the clubhouse or he talks with them out in the hallway outside the clubhouse. So he's, he's around it, talks to Manny. But he's not in there every day. He doesn't know what those players' meetings were. He wasn't in there. Um, 
And Kevin, it seemed like Kevin was talking to people that were in there, in the clubhouse, eight or nine players in the clubhouse that were granted anonymity. Um, to be honest, I'm I'm kind of just over. I know I talked about it here, but I, I'm kind of over talking about those articles because there's some people that just don't like Kevin Acey, and so they're just going to disregard what he says. They're going to take A.J. Preller and Bob Melvin's side, like, oh, anonymous quotes. Same thing with, like, the, the Dennis Lynn and Ken Rosenthal articles. Oh, anonymous quotes. We don't take much credibility into that. Even though they do, Preller was just lying to you uh, because, you know, Kevin said to Jim Russell on the radio last week that, yeah, he called A.J. Preller and said, yeah, what you said in that press conference was garbage. You know it. And, uh, like Preller admitted that he shouldn't have, I think that's what Kevin said, that Preller admitted to him like he shouldn't have said that. Um, he could have just stopped at, yeah, we don't read, we can't comment on anonymous reports instead of saying we don't take credibility, we don't take much, there's there's no credibility in that. We we don't take those too seriously. We, You know, it's anonymous quotes. I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not, quoting Preller there, but that's what he told the media. And it makes Kevin look bad because you got Preller saying, no, don't believe him. That's not real, essentially. And yeah, Kevin should have been pissed off about that. Yeah. And I like that he called Preller. And he didn't do it during the press conference, but he did it privately. And it was like, you know that's garbage. You shouldn't have said that. You know that some of that stuff that I put in there is correct. You know that. And, like, Eric Grutner was on Ben and Woods, I think, during the season or right after the season. I forget when. Like, admitting, like, yeah, some of the stuff in there, nope, not, not saying it wasn't accurate. Like, admitting that, yeah, some of it was correct. So, you want me to believe A.J. Preller, who lies about a lot of stuff to the media, just publicly? Or do you want me to believe the reporting stuff that's coming from players in that clubhouse. I'm going to choose to believe the stuff that's coming from the players in that clubhouse that are anonymous quotes because those anonymous quotes, they're going to tell you everything because it's not attached to their name. Right? Um, so yeah, that's, I know I probably went in a million different, a million different places with that, but that's kind of my thoughts on that. All right. As we wrap up here, just want to shout out, the partners of the show, SeatGeek, Talking Friars, Co-Talking Friars, $20 off your order there. Underdog Fantasy, up to $100, 100% deposit match, uh, up to $100. Click the link in the description. Use code Talking Friars. BreakingT.com, click the link in the description there. Some great Sanders sports swag, Padres, Aztecs, Wave. Uh, Wave, they got their final regular season match this coming weekend. You get your, get your tickets on San Diego Wave's website. I believe they're as low as $10. There's going to be a fan fest. If Portland loses uh, and San Diego gets a win, or I believe if Portland draws against Angel City and San Diego wins, then they win the Shield. They get the one seed in the playoff. So that, that would be amazing, and they would have won the, the regular season title, obviously. So that's this weekend. Um, you can get Wave uh, Alex Morgan stuff there, breakingt.com. Click the link again in the description. 
Gaglione Bros, their main location on Friars Row, the best cheesesteaks, garlic fries in San Diego, and Foco. Uh, click the link in the description there. Some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. All right, so this was the first player season review of 2023. I believe I, uh, I did those at the end of last season as well. I uh, don't know if I did the whole roster, but I did some of those as well. Um, but yeah, this is the kickoff of the 2023 season review. And there will be a playlist on YouTube for these player reviews. So if you miss one and you can't find it, just go to the playlist. If you can't find it there, it's because I haven't done that player yet. Just kicking it off here. This is the first one. Manny Machado wanted to start it off with a bang here. Um, and so I'll probably be back tomorrow with another one. Uh, hopefully I'll be doing this Monday through Friday until the World Series is over, until we can start you know, really talking about uh, this coming off season and there's news and rumors floating around uh, because right now, I mean, there's no Padres stuff to really talk about because there's nothing going on. Padres aren't in the postseason unless you want to talk about the former Padres players. Tommy Pham is smacking the Dodgers. Um, there's Pierce Johnson's in the in the postseason. There's, there's a ton of former Padres scattered around. But in terms of like current Padres stuff, I mean, not a whole lot to talk about, unfortunately. So. I'll be doing the player reviews. So this is it. Talking for hours, episode 487. Thanks so much for watching, listening on the podcast platforms, YouTube. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. See ya.